Today's financial editor on 930 WFMD was recorded at an earlier date. The award-winning Your Financial Editor program on 930 WFMD. News from the worlds of business and finance with your financial editor, Chris Murray. Welcome back. This is Chris Murray, your financial editor on Frank, excuse me, Free Talk Radio 930 WFMD at WFMD.com. And as a podcast, just go to uh, Apple Podcasts. You can grab it there. Don't forget to download your free WFMD app also. Uh, just go to the App Store and um, put that on your phone. And literally, you can have um, all of the good programming from WFMD right at your fingertips. So I mentioned right before the break... Um, we did hear from Jerome Powell this week, right? The chairman of the Federal Reserve. He talked to the uh, Economic Club of uh, of New York City and basically was like, hey, you know, we've done a pretty good job with the decline in inflation. But um, he was also warning that uh, that prices, consumer prices remained too high, which tell us what we don't already know, right? Um, and that um, to get them to the pre-virus level may require uh, slower economic uh, growth and some deterioration in the jobs market. That's not what we want to hear. He did admit that inflation is still too high and that only a few months of good data it's just the beginning. It's going to take more to build confidence that inflation is moving down sustainably uh, toward their goal, which is 2%. So um, didn't re- that was nothing new. Uh, I mean, it spooked the market a little bit, I think, because they're going to meet in a couple weeks and decide if um, they're going to raise rates another quarter point or if they're just going to pause. Uh, but the bottom line is, uh, pal along with the entire board that voted for um, the uh, what was going on with the rate increases, along with the uh, Biden and Pelosi at that time in particular spending, uh, created all this inflation. So um, I'm not really thrilled when Jerome Powell comes out and says, yeah, you know, we've done okay, but we still have some more work to do. Well, yeah, you're right. And as far as wanting more spending, I'm telling you, folks, if you go to usdebtclock.org and you see what's going on with our uh, country's debt levels, you know, I mean, we've been talking about it for years and years and years here on the program, but it is it's just off the charts now. It, it's insane. This week, I mentioned earlier in the week on the Morning News Express, we were at $33.5 trillion in debt. A couple days later, $33.6 trillion in debt. It, we, this cannot continue. And these idiots that want to spend more and tie it, look, I understand if people are frustrated with what's going on with the House of Representatives right now. But we are at that breaking point. So 
33.5 trillion, 33.6 trillion, 33.7 trillion and trillion. And I mean, we're running deficits, as we've mentioned before, anywhere from, you know, one and a half to two trillion dollars in one year. You can't do that. And taking in record amount of tax revenue, like five trillion. But then spending seven, that does not work. Not for individuals, not for families, not for businesses. And the government needs to realize that and stop. So what's going on, right, with the House? And we're seeing more of it. We heard after the uh, visit to Israel the other day, hey, we want to tie all these things together in one bill. And we want to send more money to Ukraine so that we can send money to Israel. Nope. Don't need to do that. Let's just debate it. Let's talk about it in front of the American people. We can put on our big boy pants and our big girl pants, right? We can we can make up our mind. Let us hear the debate in open, not behind closed doors, not all the garbage that's stuffed into these bills that's running up our deficit and our debt that's going to blow the country up. We're sick of it. And uh, by the way, the sun continues to come up every day, even though we don't have a speaker. It's not the end of the world. We either stop the spending now or the, the, the deficits continue and our position in this world, not just in our country, but in this world, continues to spiral down. So anyway, the, the, the Fed's got to, you know... Th- and, and again, they're part of this problem with the trillions of dollars that they pumped into the economy um, from the virus. And we still haven't held China accountable for the virus. And they won't you know, they want to talk about root causes, but not true root causes. So anyway, uh, we'll see what the uh, Fed does in a couple of weeks. But they've been an epic disaster so far. So let's talk about retirement a little bit. Right. Let's talk about um the, the the very, very important decisions that uh, are involved when it comes to retirement. And it can be a very stressful uh, thing, by the way. Um, I know that because, uh, you know, I've been helping people for um, over 30 years when it comes to um, retirement planning, investment planning, etc., So um, we'll keep it as we always do. Just we're going to check some boxes here. And um, and make sure that uh, th- that we get to the basics at least, and then we can go forward from there um, on another program or however we see fit. Uh, one is, if you want to be successful, I think in general, um, a plan, a true written plan, is is extremely important because when people get to retirement close to it they're thinking about it or even in it they wonder the one question am i going to run out of money now who wants to go through life retirement with that nagging question in the back of your mind because if that's there you're not going to enjoy life and 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 your situation as much as you deserve to after working hard and saving your whole life. So if you have an actual plan, everything on paper, 
I can assure you it's going to make you feel better because your questions are answered. You're not wondering. You know, a plan shows you. If you come up short, it shows you. If you're going to have Buku Extra, it shows you. And anywhere in between. And the best time to know that answer and to know those things is prior to going into retirement. The second best time to know those things is now, even if you're already in retirement, right? So, you know, people want to ask, okay, I've got this big pile of money um, or medium pile of money, whatever it is. Is that going to be enough? Am I going to run out of money? Well, how can you answer that if you don't look at what your lifestyle is? Your budget, how much you spend. What does it cost you to live, you and your wife or you and your husband, to live the life you want to live into retirement and, um, and again, know, okay, we're going to be fine. Um, we're going to be super fine. Oh, we might not be able to take one or two of those vacations that we thought. But like I said, it's better to know than to uh, just guess. So um, from the get-go, I think it's great if uh, you do the plan, do a plan. And um, it's not very hard. It's just you're taking a little bit of time. Uh, to get information and numbers together, having some good conversations about, um, you know, what you want to do, how you want to live in retirement. So, you know, how much risk you want slash need to take with your uh, investment planning, those types of things. But a plan is again, in my opinion, is the best way to start. Now, what you're going to find, especially as you get closer to retirement age, is the noise is going to get very, very loud. And you need to learn to tune that out. You have to remember with cable TV and the internet and radio and all these other mediums of, of communicating that, that we have, um, a lot of it is fear-based. And um, they come up with things to keep you tuned in after the commercials. And, you know, a lot of that, like I said, is, is fear-mongering. I call it financial porn um, because it's just disgusting with the way they do some of the things they do and, and how they run their shows and, and whatnot. I'm all about bad news. Actually, you know that because the first part of this program, pretty much everything I said was bad, but it was fact. It was based on numbers and statistics and reports and surveys and quotes. Um, And yet, like I said, you realize that even though there's a lot of this stuff's going on, the sun's still coming up. And the better your plan and planning is, uh, the better off you're going to be, and you can tune that noise out. So again, first two things, start with a plan, realize that you don't want to get sucked in to the so-called experts and the shiny objects and the hot tips 
and how they're going to help you today, even though tomorrow they're going to write a different headline or tell you something different. So you have to have something in place, have the discipline to avoid the shiny object and the noise. Um, When we're talking about your planning, one thing I think that really helps because of when people are pressured with that, that, you know, that we're getting ready to go to World War Three and, you know, all this bad stuff's going on. Have an emergency fund so that if the markets temporarily take a downturn or whatever it might be, you've got your dry powder um, on the sidelines that you can use that income to supplement your social security and a pension if you have one, that type of thing, as opposed to pulling money out of the market when the market's down. And finally, a benefit for that um, is people are actually getting paid a little bit from uh, money markets and CDs. Um, so again, what I've learned is, and this is personal for everybody. I know they, the cookie cutter is have six months of expenses on the sideline. Well, guess what? There's some people that want two years of expenses on the sideline. That's what they want. That's what they feel comfortable with. If you want three months or six months, fine, right? That's what they want, what they feel comfortable with. But again, if somebody's very jumpy, then they they might say, hey, what about two years? And I say, hey, yes. If that's going to make you more calm and confident and enjoy retirement more when we have the dot-com bust or the housing crisis or the financial crisis or the virus or now what we're dealing with, that's fine. You know, it's your plan. It's your money. So have that, have the plan, wall out the noise and the shiny objects, and make sure you have dry powder on the sidelines so that if you need to make a change, you can do that, and um, and it's not going to be a big deal. Inflation. Anybody that's doing a plan that's not taking into account inflation, I would be very skeptical that that plan is going to work out the way you think. Because we all know what cost a dollar 20 years ago doesn't cost a dollar today, right? So you have to make sure you have inflation. You're inflating your budget um, over time. We actually inflate it every month uh, systematically in our plans so that, you know, there there's no surprise there. Um, and... If you have that inflation, you'll look and say, well, I'm spending X now, but oh my gosh, look, in 10 or 15 years from now, look how much my monthly expenses are. But you know what? You're still living the same life. You're still doing the things, same things you want to do. Um, and and you're not fooling yourself because by planning and projecting forward, you're going to see, as we mentioned, if you are going to have enough money or not. So that's very, very important. By doing these things, by planning, putting the noise out of your head, um, you know, not chasing the shiny object, making sure your plan includes inflation, which is now is much more relatable 
because it's so crazy. But, you know, having that inflation in there in general, because historically we know we've had inflation. So um, by doing those things, it helps you to take the emotions out of important decisions you might have to make. Not getting scared out of the market. Now, if you own junk or if you don't know what you're invested in or you don't have a real comfortable feeling, then yeah, you're probably going to get spooked out of the market. If you have a plan, if you have quality stuff in your investment portfolio, if you're invested the way you're supposed to be invested, not your nosy neighbor, um, then you know you're going to be you're much much more likely to be able to weather that storm and like I said take the emotion out and not um, be intimidated by whatever the 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 tragedy of the day might be that the news is trying to get you to run around with your hair on fire just like they are acting like you know theirs is so um Social Security, just wanted to throw that out. You know, personally, if you're uh, 50 or under, I'd be skeptical of including all of your Social Security projections in your plan just to be safe. Um, If you can make things work without the, you know, the projection, the the total amount, you might want to consider that. Um, Why? And I'm not one that's saying that, you know, Social Security is not going to be there and all that stuff. But look. Every year, here's a fact, the trustees of Social Security and Medicare tell us that we're on the path to insolvency. That's it. We're being told that these are numbers. It doesn't work. So what does that mean? Higher taxes, um, moving the benefit period as to when you can claim Social Security, maybe a cutback in the number, uh, the dollar amount, I mean. So these are just all, this is reality. Again, this isn't trying to scare anybody. And I didn't say Social Security is not going to be there, but I would be cautious because every single year we get a letter from the trustees of Social Security and Medicare And they say, we're on our way. If we don't do something, we're on our way to insolvency. It's not going to work. Back to the $33.6 trillion in debt and then wanting to spend all this other money. It's money laundering in Ukraine. I don't care what anybody says. I mean, that's just what I believe. There's so much of that going on. You've got BlackRock, Larry Fink involved in that over there. Now, guess who's involved in Ukraine? The Clinton Foundation. All the oligarchs over there. Look, man, Ukraine was already one of the most corrupt countries on the continent before this. So you've got all this nonsense going on. Has anybody talked about fixing Social Security? Has anybody talked about fixing Medicare? So my point, if you're under 50, you might want to be careful on your projections for Social Security. That's another thing. Um, And, you know, the market volatility, the economic concerns, they're going to continue. So the better your plan is, the better your investment portfolio is the better off you're going to be. 
And um, one last thing I'll throw in is that I've noticed over time is that people really don't understand often what the health care cost could be in retirement. I mean, some of the estimates show that a couple might need close to $300,000 in today's dollars to cover medical expenses in retirement. So when you're doing your plan, you want to include all of those things as best as possible because why? You want to eliminate or try to eliminate that question, am I going to run out of retirement income? That's no way to live your life. That's no way to have a happy retirement. So just some of those basics, plan, make sure that um, you know, you're factoring in inflation, make sure that you have your uh, emergency or you know, dry powder, your cash on the sidelines for when things do hit the fan. The, you know, those are just some of the things that you can do, the basics to start with, to get you rolling, get you where you need to be um, from a planning perspective. There's a lot of free plans out there. You know, it, 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 you can go on the internet probably and find some free financial plan templates and start there if you want. Um, you know, that's what I do. It's what I've done for over 30 years. So I have a stronger feeling about working directly with someone that could help you that, and can guide you and be there for you and answer the questions. Um, and I think, again, that that instills much more confidence. But if you need to just start with, you know, looking at some free uh, questionnaires or whatever to get you going, then go ahead and do that. Because the most important thing is to do something. Like I said, if you haven't already done it, that would have been the best time, whatever, five years ago. Today's the second best time. That does it for us. We uh, are out of time ourselves. I'll talk with you on the Morning News Express weekday mornings at 5.50, 6.50, and 7.50 with uh, Chris and Bob. And uh, then we'll be back here next weekend for another edition of the Your Financial Editor Program. This is Chris Murray wishing you and your family financial success. It was summer after my senior year. Spent the whole week out on that pier. She said, boy, I think I love you. I said, I love you too. Ended up drunk at some old ink shop She said, get my name I said, hell, why not She didn't have to work too hard To talk me into Today's financial editor on 930 WFMD Was recorded at an earlier date It's your financial editor With Chris Murray On 930 WFMD Are you
Welcome back. This is Chris Murray, your financial editor on Free Talk Radio 930 WFMD at WFMD.com and as a podcast. Thanks so much for uh, being with us. Appreciate it. Hope your weekend's going well. I'm really glad to have back a friend of the program, uh, Miss Laura Reese. Uh, She comes on a couple times a year and gives us a a very, very important update as far as uh, what's going on uh, down at the southern border in particular. Um, And uh, just want to let you know also that uh, she's written a really good article it was at the end of october titled incoming speaker and house republicans cannot squander another opportunity to end the biden border crisis and it couldn't be put any better than that you can go to heritage.org uh to grab that article for free and um we'll jump right into it uh miss reese thanks so much for being with us today really appreciate it Thanks, Kevin, for having me on. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, and by the way, uh, Laura was a director of the Border Security and Immigration Center at the Heritage Foundation. She has over 26 years of experience when you talk about immigration, homeland security. Uh, she worked twice at the Department of Homeland Security on management and immigration policy and operations issues, uh, most recently as the acting deputy chief of staff. Well, on top of that, and what we've talked about in the past when Laura was uh, kind enough to join us, is she actually uh, lived in Mexico and, you know, understands the uh, the people and the culture and just kind of what's going on on both sides of the border. So I wanted to get that out there, too. So I guess, uh, Laura, just to get us started on your article, um, the importance of this new speaker, tell us what you, um, you know, what you think should happen and that would be best for the country when it comes to the border right now and what we might expect. Sure. And Chris, my apologies for uh, misnaming you. Oh, no problem. (laughs) Um, All right. So back in May, the House of Representatives passed a very strong border security act called Secure the Border Act, H.R. 2. Uh, And it's since been collecting dust on the Senate side. And what we need to do is to get that across the finish line and get it to the president uh, and dare him to veto it. Uh, Our border and our interior, because the border is open, is in chaos right now. And we are facing daily very real national security threats because that border has been open. And um, while Biden has been in office over six 7.6 million illegal aliens have been encountered by Customs and Border Protection. And on top of that, there's been about 1.6 million known gotaways. And that is really the troublesome population that we have to worry about. The um, CBP has reported numbers that they've caught, and those are alarming. Um, So just between the ports of entry, for example, uh, this past fiscal year, CBP caught 172 people on the watch list hit. Now, that number doesn't sound large, but when you go back to pre-Biden times, that number in a year was three. So quite a jump there. Plus, over 500 watch list hits caught at the ports on the, um, at the land border port. So, again, we've got a, a real security threat. So the most pressing issue right now is Congress should direct funding to ICE and specifically say this money needs to go to ICE 
to find these national security threats who have gotten into the country and detain them preemptively. Americans should not have to wait for a terror attack to then have our leaders react. Um, That's the most pressing need. Now, meanwhile, Congress is considering still all the appropriations bills, um, even though we're into the next fiscal year. And so Congress has multiple opportunities to defund the open border operations that this administration is carrying out, um, particularly the non-governmental organizations um, who are you know, radical left allies of this administration who are all too happy to receive the billions of dollars to receive, transport, shelter, feed, and provide social services to uh, illegal aliens coming up all the way from Panama North. Um, when it comes to the money and the White House is asking for more money in a supplemental uh, for quote-unquote border security, any extra dollar given to this White House is just going to continue their current approach, which is open border and process more illegal aliens into the country. So what is needed with any money are the policy changes to stop the illegal flow, and that's where H.R. 2 comes in. Um, that needs to be passed that secure the border act so um, like you said uh, the lower chamber the house um, kind of took care of this and and they've done if I under, if I remember correctly about two-thirds to three-quarters percent of the appropriation bills and the the necessary funding while the Senate hasn't passed one of their 12 appropriation um, responsibilities, And then the big disconnect is that we're hearing, we saw uh, the new speaker, uh, which was phenomenal to me. I mean, just a godsend where he said, we're stripping out. If we're going to talk about Israel, we're talking about them by themselves. And we're going to offset um, with some of the money that was passed that should have never been passed by Pelosi and those uh, under her when she was speaker um to the irs so i thought that was wonderful but right away we're hearing no it's going to be israel and ukraine and uh as you mentioned quote unquote funding the border for more security but it's not really security it's just uh it's it's basically uh daycare that they want to provide uh as opposed to like you said the the hard assets going to ice and other law enforcement that can actually do things to keep uh americans safe yeah that's right and i agree uh it was great that speaker johnson did that just said nope we're doing an israel only bill and and um to take the money from the irs for uh, it seems like decades now congress has gotten away from single issue bills because the bigger the bill the more things are combined the easier it is to slip in all kinds of pork uh and waste um and corruption that benefits members of congress so of course senator schumer came out and said no i want a big bill and we're going to combine all these things because that's his mo that's the left mo and unfortunately some on the right as well Um, So that's fine. They can threaten that it's a non-starter. They say that all the time. Um, But force it. Force the issue. Make them vote no on on aid to Israel and see how that goes over. Um, And, yes, the the White House has already tried to spin that Republicans are against border security because Republicans don't want to give the White House the money they're asking for in the supplemental. 
which is ridiculous because all this White House is bringing us is more border insecurity. So it's, it's imperative that the members of Congress don't fall for that border trap and that they are, Congress is very specific about what money shall and shall not do. Uh, and we saw that a few weeks ago when President Biden had to admit that he had to build a new section of the border wall because Congress so directed the money back in uh, fiscal year 19. And so we've seen how this administration wastes DHS money, and they are, they've completely turned ICE into a social services benefit because ICE is now being led by politicals who are radical leftists and loathe immigration detention and refuse to deport illegal aliens. Um, so if you just give ICE another dollar and our silence on it, it's going to continue down the path of towards more social services and not immigration enforcement. So Congress needs to reacquaint itself with its very powerful power of the purse and use it similarly to the way it directed that border wall money. Yeah, so, um, and, and talking about that, Customs, Border Patrol, uh, those professionals and the professionals at ICE, um, I go back, uh, made me think about, I want to say it was like around June, um, when you had some congressmen and women travel down to Texas uh, for a, uh, a hearing on the border, and um, the gentleman, and I actually took time to watch it, um, the gentleman that represents the Border Patrol, and I thought he said there was roughly 19,000 of, of those or so um, total, was talking about the, um, you know, morale had just, to- it was totally decimated. Um, it was so disheartening to hear that suicide levels were higher do you have any idea what the current status of morale is with uh, the professionals in the Border Patrol uh, agency? Uh, it's it's in the basement uh, because they're not allowed to do their job. So this is not what they signed up for. Uh, you know, this week there's been reports, and even Secretary Mayorkas was questioned about this about you know pulling agents including uh, investigators and intel agents to go to the border to, quote, make sandwiches for illegal aliens. Um, And and that's how DHS works. It is a volunteer uh, component where if there's some sort of disaster, it's expected that staff at DHS, no matter which component, um, go volunteer if they're able to for, you know, whatever the issue is. But in this case, um, Mayorkas is not prioritizing uh, Americans or national security, and they continue to push for more rapidly processing more illegal aliens into the U.S., and that's where they put their resources, leaving gaping holes in the border and, and in other security aspects that the department does. Um, so, you know, you talked about, um, and God forbid, but it's inevitable, I'm sure, unfortunately, the terrorist attack or attacks and the type of people that are coming in, just the ones that we know about um, that uh, are on the watch list or that we don't even know they should be on the watch list and they're not. And um, all the things that happen, you know, in the dark of night or the cover of day, either one, it doesn't seem like it matters. But you look where these people are coming from. 
Um, and I, I mean, I have to admit it. I had never even heard of the country. I probably can't even pronounce it correctly. Uh, Mauritania, uh, which is down. Yeah, which is down near Morocco. And there's like I see there's over 15,000 that have come in from there. So I'm like, OK, Chris, you should know better about something like this. So I looked it up. And one of the things I saw all the way back in 2014, France establishes a long-term military operation to prevent jihadist groups from setting up safe havens in that area. I mean, this is just insane that the people that we're letting in here and not properly vetting and following up on. Yes, and, and people are getting through. Um, we just had a uh, case where, uh, you know, another suspected terrorist got through, um, and then ICE had to scramble to go find them, and it took them two weeks. Um, and this is not the first time in the board administration. So, you know, CBP is reporting the numbers which that they're catching, and, and they're bad enough. I mean, we've got Egypt, Iran, Syria, Uzbekistan, Pakistan, Lebanon, Jordan, Yemen. Iraq, um, the list goes on. And, and really, while Biden's been in office, uh, foreign nationals from over 160 countries have come in to the U.S. That's about 80 percent of the globe um, countrywide. So, um, again, you have to look at that known Godaway number of 1.6 million. How many more bad guys slip through in that population um, and are, you know, planning attacks? Yeah, especially with what we're seeing now with Israel and uh, the Palestinians and, you know, the protests and all the nonsense going on here. Um, it, I think it might be starting to light a little bit of a, you know, a fire under people to want to understand things better and become more educated on them. <clears throat> Excuse me. And again, folks, I can't say it enough. You know, uh, Laura and her colleagues, we have heritage uh, folks on often because they're good at what they do and they tell you the truth. So if you go to heritage.org, you can read uh, Laura's latest uh, article and her previous articles on um, on various issues and really get a good, firm understanding of what's going on. So, Laura, just real quick, I mean, you know, you you did spend time, um, you know, down below our border in Mexico. Just give us an idea of what it was like for you with the people and the culture in general for, you know, the Mexicans, as well as if you encounter people down in South America as well? Yeah, I mean, it's been a while that I've spent considerable time down there. I've since vacationed. But, I mean, I lived down there during the 90s. So it was it was pre the, the gang and the drug wars. Um, and, and just lovely. Lovely to live down there. The people were uh, wonderful. Um, you felt safe. Uh, it, it's very different now, unfortunately, in multiple parts of Mexico due to the gang activity, the cartels, how powerful and, and rich and threatening that they have become, um, that it's just a shame. I mean, we used to go down near um, you know, Reynosa with our church and, and build houses down there. That got cut off due to um, cartels fighting with each other. And it's just, it's sad that they have grown so powerful and wealthy and, and really run Mexico right now. Um, and unfortunately, the Biden administration has contributed to that. Uh, the cartels have operational control of our U.S. border. No one crosses that border without 
uh, the cartel's involvement. And um, Biden has let it happen. He's got strong tools that he could use uh, with the Mexican government and even the cartels to improve things. But he doesn't use those tools. He's not willing. When you were at DHS, how close do you think you got, if at all, to declaring the Mexican and South American drug cartels as terrorists? There was yeah, a lot of internal debate on that, um, and that still continues today. There, the question is, do you need to do it to you know, affect what you're trying to do? Um, and there's some downside, too. If, if you so designate these cartels, uh, then you're also increasing the claims of asylum you're going to get from Mexicans, for example. Interesting. Okay, I can't, I can't go back to Mexico because, you know, it's you, you, U.S. named ter- these terror, or excuse me, cartels, um, terror organizations. Great point. I, so, I had never thought of that. That's an excellent point. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, there's it's still being debated because there's no easy solution in terms of whether to so label them or not, but I would venture to say the label is not as important. There are other ways to get after the cartels. And and do you think that would include, because my uh, understanding was it would free up our military to do uh, more, um, but I guess, like you said, there's uh, two sides to that coin. Right, yep. Excellent. Okay, well, again, um, Laura, thank you so much for taking the time to join us. Folks, you can go to heritage.org. Laura Reese has been our guest uh, today. Her latest article is um, Incoming Speaker and House Republicans Cannot Squander Another Opportunity to End the Biden Border Crisis. And you can't say a bigger amen to that. Um, and it's a great read. So go to heritage.org. Laura, thanks so much. And I hope to uh, and look forward to talking to you in the future to get an update down the road thanks chris my pleasure okay take care enjoy the rest of your weekend uh just a plethora of knowledge uh, a lot of great stuff you can read that uh, laura has written about you've seen her on tv and heard her on the radio and read her stuff i'm sure but um as i mentioned her and her colleagues and of course the other guests that we're blessed to have come on the program to tell us the truth and enlighten us um, we just want to keep doing that for you and um, we'll be back uh, next weekend to do it again in the meantime uh, we'll be talking with you on the morning news express with uh, Bob Miller and uh, Chris we're you know all three of us are going to be talking and and uh, trying to get you the latest information on what's going on in the business and financial and uh, just the, the world in general, because, you know, you have politics and all kinds of different things that, uh, that that funnel into that. So we'll be talking with you 5, 56, 57, 50 a.m. every weekday morning. Those are live conversations that I really enjoy with Bob and Chris. And then um, we'll be back here next Saturday for another edition of the Your Financial Editor Program. This is Chris Murray wishing you and your family financial success. You didn't even cry this time He said that we could never see eye to eye And one of us just must be blind We have our differences
differences were still the same See what we won't want to see But you take a second look and maybe things wouldn't seem the same If you could see what you mean to me Past editions of this program are available in the audio vault at WFMD.com. Let's do some Christmas shopping. Are you ready? I'm Kim Commando, brought to you by NetSuite. Gain control over your finances. Get NetSuite's KPI checklist absolutely free at NetSuite.com slash Kim. We're only weeks away, so if you're stumped, here are some true gift favorites. Everybody loves Apple's AirPods. They're on the third generation now, and you can tailor the audio to sound like a big room or an intimate space. They're sweat and water resistant at $164 at Amazon and a few bucks more at Best Buy and Walmart. DJI's Mini 2 SE drone is less than $340 at Amazon. If you're looking for an iPad, the lowest prices are at Walmart and Best Buy and, of course, Amazon. Something a little less expensive? Try Amazon's Fire HD Pro for kids. Just $189 at eBay, Best Buy, and Amazon. Oh, one more. Garmin's mini dash cam is only $99 at Kohl's, Walmart, and Amazon. Hey, what if you want a brand new iPhone 15 valued at $799? You can. Just enter to win right now at commando.com slash win. Is your business falling behind? Are your employees buried in manual processes? Well, then you need to know three numbers, 36,000, 25, and 1. To start, 36,000 businesses have already upgraded to NetSuite by Oracle, the number one cloud financial system. And this year, NetSuite is celebrating their 25th anniversary. That's 25 years of helping businesses do more with less, close books in days, and drive down costs. And finally, that number one, because your business is one of a kind. NetSuite offers customized solutions for all your KPIs in one efficient system. It's one source of truth to manage risk, get reliable forecasts, and improve margins. Everything you need, all in one place. Right now, download NetSuite's popular KPI checklist designed to give you consistently excellent performance absolutely free at netsuite.com slash kim. That's netsuite.com slash kim to get your own KPI checklist. netsuite.com slash kim. <laughs> 